This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Here. Now we, I was kind of doing the Kermit the Frog thing. With the, we'll, we'll pass it around. Actually, you want to kick? Just pass the mic. Literally passing the mic. Okay, so we are here at the LDR weekend 2016, and we're just grabbing s- snippets here and there from folks who are at the conference. And thankfully, one of the things that LDR weekend does for us is it gives us a chance as a ran and pass the mic staff to actually get face to face. Now we're missing one of our number here, Tyler. We miss you, brother. We wish you were here. We're praying for your soul. Um, but we do have Elodie and Bo here. So I'll just do a quick whip around. It's been re- almost 24 hours of the LDR weekend so far. First impressions, first thoughts, impacts. Hey, y'all. This is Elodie. Um, one of my favorite things about LDR so far is that as I came to Christianity, I always thought that I would have to pick between cultural and theology. Um, but as worship started last night and the preacher started preaching and then the organ started going, I realized that I didn't have to choose between sound doctrine and my culture and how I was raised. So that's been amazing. Yeah. What, uh, what denomination are you? Um, Reformed Baptist and I'm very proud of it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good, 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 good. Now it was interesting because we were sitting next, uh, next to each other last night and you'd said, uh, like, is this what it's like in the PCA? Cause if it is, I'm converting. And I, I, I told Jamar that we both got a kick out of it. Cause like, no, <laughs> what it should be like, but no, no, not, not necessarily. Um, yeah. 24 hours. You know, this is actually really nice. Cause last year, um, when I was here, I was crazy sick. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so like we, uh, we, so I was kind of like tucked off into the back and we had a room, which was really nice to record out of. Uh, but I was just kind of sitting there alone by myself. So a lot of like the big fellowship that everybody was enjoying and everything, like I kind of witnessed from afar, <laughs> but like, there was like, I, if somebody took a picture of me, I would have been a meme for somebody who is sick and in a corner and left alone. So this this has been so good this time. But um, yeah, the preaching has been incredible. Um, the panels this morning, uh, of course, uh, Jamar, you actually were on a panel uh, that we were able to uh, sneak in or do a live broadcast on uh, on uh, politics. And uh, and it was it was good. There was a uh, Carl asked a question starting off, you know, can we talk? And I, I, I shouted out, I said, if not here, then where? So yeah, it was good. Good conversation uh, overall. I think that uh, really good uh, panels. You're you just got done with a session. I, I keep on wanting to call the sessions panels, although I don't know the difference. I think it was a panel. Yeah, it was a panel on uh, race and elitism in higher education, which is a really interesting topic. Um, so I just started a doctoral program at the University of Mississippi, and what's interesting from a Christian perspective is that this is a secular institution it's a it's a it's a you know state university and i'm coming out of a seminary um a reformed seminary getting an mdiv and so the value systems are are extremely different um but it, it was intentional and so there's different challenges in each sphere and this is one thing i couldn't say i didn't just didn't have the opportunity to say in the panel i would encourage christians to think deeply and pray about 
engaging in higher education in secular institutions. I mean, that, that, that was a big decision for me after the MDiv, where I knew I wanted a terminal degree, a doctorate of some sort. But I, I pondered for literally probably about two years whether that would be in a, a, a theological school or a, a secular institution. Um, and I finally landed on a, a secular option. If it, it, And even that language is troublesome, right? Sacred, secular. Because I think that's part of the problem. Um, in an increasingly culturally pluralistic society, it's always been that way, but where Christianity is is costing you something. It's costing you something to be publicly Christian. We've got to find ways as believers to be part of a culture that's not affirming of our beliefs and still be salt and light. And so uh, for that reason, among others, I think folks should think think carefully about, do I get involved um, in not just education, but all kinds of professional fields and social fields and whatnot. So I, honestly, I think we have to. I don't think we have a choice, um, but we do need that foundation. So it was very intentional on my part to go to a seminary for the master's degree that I knew I could trust the theology and then take that into a setting where those beliefs would be challenged or at least be um, – not the dominant belief. So, you know, I, I sat out of that one cause I thought I would be bored to tears and then I ended up c- catching the last end of it. And I thought, Oh man, I should have been here for this one. Cause just whatever you talk about education, I mean, I, this is terrible cause I'm a parent now and I should be a little bit more into it. My eyes just kind of glaze over, but I will say this, uh, the, the panel that I was trying to go to, we ended up having technical difficulties. And so I was trying to actually help them kind of do some tech support. I always end up in that situation, <laughs> but, uh, so I, unfortunately I, I, well, maybe fortunately I ended up actually sampling a couple of different panels. Um, but what about you, Elodie? What, what did you uh, what did you go to? I actually went to the racism and elitism in the education system. I saw you. <laughs> One of the hardest things I've had to deal with recently, so about a couple months ago, I was gifted these beautiful books by Jonathan Edwards. I'm like, okay. But then he was a safe slaveholder and um, practiced, you know, slavery. And it was hard for me to even pick those books up. And, you know, someone told me, oh, you know, it's just a cultural blind spot. But I'm like, that's a pretty big one. You know, as someone who um, their vocation was to know and read and study the word of God, for you to miss the image of God in people, for me, I it's almost unforgivable. But then someone was like, OK, well, then look at David. And I'm like, oh, yeah, David was kind of like a, a bad guy around that Bathsheba thing. Then it was like, OK, so do you still read and agree with the Psalms? I'm like, yeah. Yes, I do. And then so in that in the um, session, Carl Ellis spoke a lot about being a moral failure. And as humans, we don't have it all together. And so that um, I should be able to read Jonathan Edwards or whatever else theologian who don't doesn't quite get it right, because are we really ever going to quite get it right? So it's something that I'm sh- I'm struggling through. Those books are still in their package, <laughs> in their package. So Hopefully, when I'm done with The Lord of the Rings, maybe I'll pick up Jonathan Edwards. One of the interesting things about LDR is that it's sort of unapologetically focused on black folks. And that's interesting because especially in these kind of theologically conservative reformed circles, that doesn't happen often. And if race gets brought up, it's almost this kind of like, oh, I'm so sorry, we're going to talk about, you know, ethnic minorities now and and. But everybody's welcome. You know, we have to make all of these kind of qualifications, which, and you know, I think there's something to that. Um, we don't want to go 
into ethnic idolatry. But at the same time, this is a unique conference because, you know, from the jump, we're just like, we go talk about issues that pertain to black people. And so I'm gonna put Bo on the spot. (laughs) Being somebody who's not black at a conference that's sort of unapologetically black and Christian, uh, primarily Christian. What's that experience been like for you? Challenges, benefits? You know, I, I don't even feel comfortable even answering that question. And I'll tell you why. It's it's because mostly because I I don't I'm not a career ministry person in any stretch of the imagination. I've never been to seminary. I know you've tried to talk me into it a couple of times. I think I finally successfully <laughs> I got you on board with like it's just not going to happen. I'm I'm a, I'm a poor student, and so I would not I do not learn. I learn I learn. This is how I learn. I learn by doing, and I learn by actually you know being being kind of active in the thick of it. Um, that's that's my learning style. So this is my seminary. I'm sure RTS would frown upon me saying that, but that's what I just said. <laughs> but uh, but one way or the other, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, my my world is, is the business world and less the ministry world, but I'm there as a Christian as well. And, uh, and, and first and foremost. And so, you know, I, I kind of feel almost a little bit you know, as actually, even with kind of the, the unapologetically black mindset that is the conference, it is a very diverse group of folks that we have here. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of quote unquote multi-ethnic church that do not have the diversity that LDR has. But I do, I do somewhat still feel a little bit like an outsider because I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to help you <laughs> and I'm here to help Ran. Um, and, uh, and so from that standpoint, there's, uh, there's kind of a selfish, almost affirming nature to the spirit of the conference that, okay, what we're doing, what you guys have founded and ran and where we're kind of taking it with, with past the mic and, and the conversations that are happening, the goal, even with the new Facebook group and trying to, to be a safe place, just that gets reaffirmed over and over and over again by the conversations, by the interactions, by the people that, that we've had a chance to, to sit down and talk with and so I think, you know, I can't answer as kind of the definitive uh, representative for all white people. There's a, a white perspective. That's that's all we need, right? That's that's it. Um, but you know, from my kind of unique perspective, that's what it's been for me. But I'll pass it to Elodie because one of the things that we also see a lot at this conference, um, a lot of times it's a bunch of guys getting up and talking. Um, now there is still majority a bunch of guys getting up and talking, but overall, you know, especially with Michelle at the helm, you know, there's a, there's a lot of female representation when it comes to the, the, the leadership and the speakers that are here. What's been your overall experience with LDR and, and what have been some of your takeaways as I pass the mic to you? I love it. And I've, I've come to appreciate the PCA so much for their um, intention, intentionality, is that the word, of putting women on the front lines of things. Is that an accurate depiction? You'll tell me later. Okay, let's say LDR. Um, I appreciate it so much. And they're amazing, great women who are just so smart. Like I, I can listen to them all day. Um, but in, in regards to Michelle, I love that she, she's just so smart and she's like, she's so sound. Um, but she's also taking care of this family. You know what I mean? Like it just shows that you don't have to be either or like, um, just because you are a wife and a mom doesn't mean you don't have to be a beast in the word. So it's, it's great to see that. You know, uh, Jamar, you already mentioned it. Of course, uh, the team is not complete right now uh because tyler um he's too good for us i guess i don't i don't know nah, i shouldn't say that I, I know he's kicking himself he really really wanted to be here um but you know what what overall i'm just kind of curious from y'all's y'all you know from people who either know you from ran or found out you were with ran 
Um, what's been the overall response? I mean, Jamar, I know that when you mentioned uh, Pass the Mic, we got a nice little shout out from the crowd. That was really cool. Uh, also, thank you for the, sh- the satchel promotion right there. <laughs> that was that brought a smile to my face. But what have uh, you know? What, what have y'all noticed in terms of just kind of the the response to? Oh, Ren, I'm familiar with you guys. Yeah, this has been one of the mind blowing things. I mean, I, I say this all the time. God has has um, caused Ren to prosper and grow in spite of my best efforts to the contrary. Not intentional, but you know, just using a very flawed vessel um like like me to be part of this thing i'm constantly amazed at how much he's using it and so the ldr weekend sort of started in 2011 became more formal in 2012 but from then to now it's been amazing how much more name recognition there is for the reformed african-american network um and past the mic in particular i mean folks really have uh, from what they're saying i mean just had a guy a few minutes ago stop me and say i love this show it's helped me so much and that is common in ter- in the sense of every conference i go to there are those kinds of reactions so that's a testament to the good work that y'all are doing on the website and then on the on the podcast itself and that's the that's that's an argument for these kinds of events right um i don't want people to listen and just think well it's ldr i didn't go i don't care one of the things that is important about not just this this weekend, but really any event, um, you, you could say the Legacy Conference in, in July in Chicago, you could say the Thriving Conference coming up in Philly in October uh, each year, those kinds of events bring a virtual community together face-to-face. And so what we've been able to do with RAN and Pass the Mic is form a, a virtual community long distance with people over social media and the shared platform of a website and a podcast. And then you get together and it's like you already it's, – it's like – it's like you're already mid-stride, almost like a relay race where you don't have to stop to pick up the baton. You're in step and you can keep running like, I know you. I know parts about you already. And now we're face-to-face and I feel like we're friends, like I'm not alone. So that to me is the most encouraging part, um, especially if you're African-American. If you're in this work, it's tiring because you're often the only one. Here's a place where you can feel like, oh, I'm not alone. There are other people out there. And even if you're not black, um, just getting around other like-minded people and seeing leadership coming from a different cultural group, I think is powerful. So I would encourage everyone to mark it down. It's on Labor Day weekend every year. I don't know where it's going to be next year. We'll have that information very, very uh, quickly. But um, come join us next time over Labor Day weekend in 2017, God willing. So the question was the response that I've been getting for, for Rand. Um, it's been, it's been really encouraging. Um, so, you know, a couple months ago, I went to the TGC conference, the women's conference. No one, no one knew about Rand. Even the black women, they didn't know about Rand. Um, so when you come here, I'm like, oh, you know, my name is Elodie. He's like, I recognize your name. I want to send some things to you. I'm like, do it. And so that's been, that's been very encouraging. Yeah, people just look at me like, oh, you're Bo. Okay. Like, I've had, I've had that at least three times said the exact same way. They're just putting a face to the name. No, I know. I realize they're just putting a face to it. It's just this face. That's the one. Look, it's a face that was built for radio. That's that's perfectly fine. Look, no, when you're 5'5 five and you look like this, you better get behind a mic cause that's, and stay there for the rest of your life if you want to be in performing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Kind of. Uh, well, great, guys. Well, you know, it has been fun quite literally passing the mic around. We've actually got new sessions that are starting right now. I have committed to actually uh, uh, streaming, live streaming a Lodi, so I'm going to hurry, run over there so we can get that. Uh, not a Lodi, you can any. But anyway, so we should be really, really great. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Bye. See you soon on the next Pass, Pass the, the Mic. mic.
This episode was brought to you in part by the Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.